bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's word. My calling in the pulpit is not more valuable than your calling in the law courts, if you're really doing it as a calling, or the classroom as a teacher, or a businessman making money, so far as you bring the money to the house of God. <laughs> all right. So, so in, in that sense, all of us are working for God. We are creating things for God. The carpenter is creating chairs or beds. The teacher is molding minds and character. The lawyer is bringing justice, hopefully. The judge is bringing justice. Um, uh, the doctor is, is bringing health and healing to people. All of them are working with God. The musician is bringing joy and happiness to people. Uh, all of them, all of them are working for God and for each one of us, we have to see our call as a holy calling. Whether you are in the church or you are in the marketplace, it's a holy calling. If you see your business as a ministry, your doctoring as a ministry, your lawyering as a ministry, your carpentry as a ministry, and all of that as a ministry, your whole perspective about how you work will change. You know, because sometimes people say, Pastor, you know, this is the business world. You can't bring the Bible here. You can't bring God to the business world because things are different. Now, we're supposed to take God to the marketplace. We're supposed to take God to the business world. We're supposed to take God to the academic world. So once we see our business as sacred, then we really want to find out how do we bring God on the scene? How does Christ become manifest in my business? So, in that sense, I would say all vocations in the name of Christ are sacred. All vocations. Whether you're a politician, uh, you're, you're a pastor, it's all sacred. We are all working for God in different fields of endeavor. One is not superior to the other. Although we like, pastors like to think that ours is a higher calling, I'm not going to say much about that. All right. Now, so if that is it, how do people receive calling? How do people receive their calling? How do people get to know that they are really supposed to be doing this? Now, because, you know, when, when I start saying, well, all calling is sacred, people say, well, but I didn't hear anything. I didn't see a vision. I didn't hear an angel. Um, so how can you say I'm called to do this? I'm going to show you six uh, characters in the Bible, six individuals in the Bible, and their callings. And I'm just going to show you that all callings don't come the same way. And maybe you'll find one of it that identifies with the way you feel God called you into whatever you are doing. So six of them. The first is Moses. Moses. Moses' calling is what I call the sovereign revelation. Moses received a sovereign revelation from God. Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, uh, from 
Exodus chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, after Moses had seen the burning bush, this is what God said to him. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I'll send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, Moses' call is a little tricky because Moses had two different calls. The first one happened 40 years earlier when he sensed in his heart that he must go and redeem the Israelites. And he went and uh, it didn't work. And 40 years later, he has this divine encounter. So one came in his heart, one came from a, a big spiritual encounter. He sees the bush that is burning and the voice talking from the bush. Believe you me, if you see that, you will know you are called. Is that not so? I mean, if, if I'm, I'm walking through uh, uh, town one day and I see a bush burning, but the thing is not being burned, there's fire on, on the tree and the, and, the, and the tree is talking to me. Either I'll think that something's wrong with my brain or I'll really believe God is really speaking to me. So this is how Moses' call came. Now, why did God choose to tell him that? I don't know, but I think Moses had inferiority complex and God had to do something more dramatic to get his attention. Because even after this, he said to God, you know me, I can speak, I can talk, you know I can do it. Now, if, if I had that in a tree, I would be Superman. There'll be nothing I, I can't do it. I, 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 even when I haven't seen it, I believe I can do all things. But Moses had inferiority complex. So God had to dramatically demonstrate to him his calling. It doesn't mean it's a superior calling. As a matter of fact, I believe that the less confident you are, the more dramatic your call. Moses. So sovereign call. How many of you are going to see this? I can guarantee none of you will see a burning bush. All right. But sovereign revelation where you see this big apparition and, uh, and you hear a voice. So that's one way of people receiving their call. Second is David. Let's look at David's call. David received a prophetic revelation. He didn't see any bush. He didn't even know he was called. He was just, you know, taking care of sheep. But first Samuel chapter 16 verse 1 that the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for, David, for Saul? Seeing I've rejected him from reigning of Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to the house of Jesse to the Bethlehem for I have provided myself a king among his sons. So David is just living his normal life. He's about to be discovered. So some people receive their call in life not because they were pursuing something but somebody discovered them. They were discovered. And in this case, Samuel discovered David. David's call came through Samuel. Samuel received instruction from God to annoy the next king of Israel. He knew the town and the family, but did not know the individual. In time, he discovered David and anointed him. So sometimes it may not be you having a big moment like Moses. It may be you are just there managing your own affair and you are discovered. You're discovered. And that's how people rise into leadership. Samuel discovered David. Third, 
Joseph, how was Joseph called? Joseph received a private revelation. Genesis chapter 37 from verse 5 to 7. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. And he said to him, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were. <laughs> oh God, Joseph, why should he say that? There we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. This is not what you tell your brothers. But Now, Joseph had a, a dream. Whatever that dream is, we don't know. But he interpreted it to mean that he's going to rise above his brothers. So here is somebody who has a moment in his life where he, he encounters something that gives him the confidence that he will be great. So for, for Joseph, there's no burning bush, there's no prophet Samuel, it's just a personal conviction based on what he has seen that he will be great in the future. So there are people who receive their call that way. They, there's no prophet coming to them, there's no burning bush, but they just believe that they will rise and become great. And that's how Joseph received his calling. And he rose up eventually after many years of trouble to become that. Let's look at Elisha. How did Elisha receive his calling? He received the calling from his mentor. First Kings chapter 19 verse 15 and 16. This is God speaking to Elijah. J. Elijah. So God said to Elijah, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king of Assyria. Also, you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king of Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. Then verse 19, so he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him and he was with the twelve then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him Elisha was called by Elijah his mentor now when you read the passage it will seem as if they didn't know each other but I think you get an impression that there was already a relationship between Elijah and Elisha because God says to, to him go and anoint uh, Hazel, anoint Jehu, and anoint Elisha as your successor. So Elijah goes around with his mantle and puts his mantle, his, his cloth, the prophetic mantle, throws it on Elisha and walks away. And Elisha takes off, stops his business, and follows Elijah. Did he see a burning bush? No. Did he even receive a call, come and follow me? No. Somebody just threw a mantle on him and he deduced, I must follow this man. This is when a mentor places a demand on you. So, one of the things people have to understand, especially those in the ministry, people are not all called the same way. God called Abraham. Abraham called Isaac. God didn't call Isaac. Abraham called Isaac. 
God called Abraham, Abraham calls Isaac. The way God deals with first generation is not always the same way as he deals with second generation. You cannot say, well, Abraham, you heard from God, so I'm not going to follow. I'm also going to go to, to Heir of the Chaldees and start my journey from Heir of the Chaldees. Then maybe I'll hear a voice from God. No. The call doesn't come the same way. All right. Number five, Nehemiah. How did Nehemiah receive his call? Nehemiah received a personal burden. And this is how he himself records it. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Machaliah, it came to pass in the month of Chislev in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the citadel. That Hanani, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived, and the captivity concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down. Its gates are burned with fire. Verse 4. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. That's how Nehemiah had his call. He was a good public servant, working, and then he hears troubling news about Jerusalem. It creates a burden for him. He starts praying and fasting about it, and he rises up to go to Jerusalem. Did God speak to him? No, he had a burden. So sometimes people receive a burden simply by what is happening around him. Maybe one day you're walking through uh, Accra and you see a a small boy trying to cross the street all by himself and something just hits you and you go home you can't get the image of that boy out of your mind you start saying what will happen to him where is he going who is his mother how come he's all by himself and you pray and pray and think about it the next time you try to find out how do I create a center for street boys now how did you get a call God spoke to you? No. Did you see a burning bush? No. Did a prophet say it? No. Did somebody put a mantle on you? No. You just saw something that burdened your heart and you entered and stepped in to solve the problem. Was it a legitimate call? Yes. As legitimate as Moses? Yes. He didn't see a bush? Yes. But he heard news. And sometimes all you do is hear something that burdens you. And you just feel, I must do something about this. I must solve this problem. I must, some, maybe you just came to church and, and just stood in church and started crying because you're watching people walking in and out, walking in and out, and you start crying. What can I do for these people? And all of a sudden an idea is born in your heart to do something. Or sometimes maybe you see a, a mother with a child at the back and she's pregnant, she has a child, she's carrying one child, one child at the back, and, and, and you just stand there crying. And you wonder, why am I crying? I don't even know her. Something has been birthing your spirit. A call is being born out of you. And if you would follow that call, you'll be amazed what God will use that little burden in your heart to accomplish. Have you wept about situations that don't concern you? Have you heard something that burdened your heart? Have you heard something that really made you feel like, I must do something about it? It could be a calling. It could be a calling. 
Last one is Esther, Esther's calling. Esther received a public demand, a demand from the people. Most politicians will say that's how they receive their call. They're people. <laughs> Esther chapter 4. Esther is a queen, enjoying her life, and then there's trouble. Her people are about to be killed. So chapter 4, verse 13 to 14. Then Mordecai told them to answer Esther, Do not think in your heart that you escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. This is when people begin to demand you to play a role. You didn't want to do it, but everybody says, come and help us, stand for us, be our leader, speak for us. We need you. That's what is happening to Esther. Left to her, she's not going to do anything about this. But now a burden is placed on her. People demand from her. So I've shown you six different ways that people have been called. Were they all used by God? Yes. Did they do profound things? Yes. Did they achieve greatness? Yes. Were they all called the same way? No. Did they all see a vision? No. Did they all see a burning bush? No. So look at yourself and ask yourself, can I relate to any of these six? Was there a moment in my life when I really feel by any of these experiences that this is what my life is supposed to be about. And sometimes the calling comes because somebody fails and you are called to serve. If Saul had been successful, there would be no David. Sometimes your calling is a substitute calling. You were on the substitution bench and the guy on the field was messing up the team. So the coach says, get him out and get you in. And you step in and score the winning goal. Sometimes somebody's failure will be the time for you to rise. When God calls you like David and says, Saul is messed up, you go and fix it. Many people who have been successful in life were like David. Somebody messed up. And in the twinkling of an eye, they were asked to replace. And they performed. And the rest, as they say, is history. Your call can come in any of these ways. Everybody who becomes a leader in a profound way has gifts but at a certain point in their lives, they felt this. I would say that my calling came very close to the way Joseph's calling came. Just deep in my heart, knowing by certain indications what my life is supposed to be. Nobody threw a mantle on me. I didn't see a burning bush, haven't seen one. I prayed for a long time to see one, didn't see one. I tried to see nothing. But at a point in my life, and I can tell exactly that point 
when I believed without any shadow of doubt what my life was all supposed to be about. And I believed what I had to do, just like Joseph, from the heart. Now for some people it will be somebody putting a mantle on you. For some people it will be because somebody failed so you step in. For some people it could be like Esther, everybody is saying, listen, stand out, do it, do it. For some it's like Nehemiah, you start weeping over a situation. But each one of them at a point in their lives knew that they had a calling to step into leadership. So what do you do? And let me conclude with this. What do you do? All calls respond to a need. All calls respond to a need. Every call is necessitated by a need. Without a need, there is no calling. Without sickness, there will be no need for a doctor. Without lack of knowledge, there will be no need for a teacher. Without sin, there is no need for the preaching of the gospel. Every call is there to meet a need. So once God calls you, you have to know that you, you are necessary, you are needed. All calls demand a response. When God calls you, a call has to be responded to. You can either say yes to your calling, yes to your gifts, or no to it. Or you can say, I don't know. This is one case where no and I don't know are the same. If God calls you and you say yes, you enter. You say no, he may wait on you or he'll pick somebody else to do what you're supposed to be doing. If you delay the response to the call, you may not reach your efficient level because callings have to do with times and seasons. And if you are born out of season, life becomes very hard. It's like a 20-year-old in class one. Will he learn? Yes. But he's learning with a different class, different mates. Things that he should have done earlier, it will take him a longer time to do it. He will achieve something, but not to the full potential. That's why when God calls you, you have to say yes quickly. Don't be passive. Every call requires a response. And all calls will impose a responsibility. A call will change your life. It will make demands on you. It will demand your time, your energy, your focus. There are people here that God is calling who look at themselves and like Moses say, but Lord, I can't speak. God says, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. He says, Lord, I can't speak. Because you look at your own self and you wonder, how can I do it? But don't you ever think that God knows you more than you know yourself? And so you are struggling within. Should I do it? Should I not do it? Every calling has a risk element to it. Elisha had to leave his business to enter a new business. And he killed the oxen, sacrificed them, and moved on. What if he fails? 
it's a possibility. I've asked myself many times, what if I had failed? Quit my job, started, entered ministry, started this church. What if it had not worked? What if we're still in a classroom with 20 people after 32, 33 years? It's possible. I could still be in a small classroom because there are friends of mine who are still in a classroom after 30 years. It's possible. You can't predict the outcome, but you have to take the step because you can't know what will be until you step out. You can't be too cautious in life, always trying to make sure everything is working out well. There has to be a moment of action. And hopefully, you can be better guided than I was when I started. I didn't know all the things I know now. Nobody clarified these issues to me. But you have better information to make better choices into your calling. Some of you are being called into ministry. Some of you are being called into business. Some of you are being called to step up because there is an empty field. There is a soul that has been removed out of the way and God is saying, step in there. Would there be battles? Yes. When David stepped in, do you think he just got anointed and all of a sudden, whoo, next king of Israel, no, he had to face Goliath. Then Saul tried to kill him for the next 13 years of his life, next 10 years or so of his life, chasing him, hiding in, 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 in caves and so on and so on and so forth. But eventually he became king. Don't ever think that saying yes means everything will be solved. No, Saul will come after you. You're going to face conspiracies. But the yes is the beginning point. It's when you say, I'm available, Lord. For some of you in the business world, God is calling you to do magnificent things, but you're still playing in small areas with your friends. Because a call would demand a lot from you. You use your time differently. Your friends will have to change. Your focus will have to change. Time management will have to change. You can't spend all your life joking. Once you have a call, you manage your time differently. And I pray that each one of you would not just be a passenger in life. Just a passenger who came and moved. But then history will record that you were here and the earth felt your presence. You step into your calling whether in business, in teaching, in medicine, in whatever area, in law, you stepped into that place to become the person that God has called you to be. And I pray your life will not be ordinary. Your life will not be normal. You will not stay at the low level. You will not be where everybody is at. But you will step out like David. You step out like Moses. You step out like Elisha. You step out and fulfill your destiny. And may your destiny be great. May your future be great. May your story be massive. And may you step into greatness. In this year of leadership, may you rise to be the best, the topmost, the highest in your field of endeavor. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.